What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode two of Views from the Horseshoe podcast. I'm your host for today, Dylan Taylor. Uh, Darius White out this week, so we we made a call to the bullpen. We've got the redheaded, the redheaded okay. monster coming in. We've got <laughs> okay. Noah Maddox. Noah, what's up, man? What's up? Thanks for thanks for uh, having me. The redhead is a little exaggerated. I love it. Looks like a flamethrower. It's like a one spot. It's okay, awesome. it's awesome. <laughs> We're, we, you know who else is going to need that fire this week? MTSU. They oh. got Marshall coming in. Got the blackout game this week. I, any any thoughts on that? On on a blackout promotional game when attendance is um, not going to go in really here, but the attendance isn't really where you want it to be. But. Right. Yeah. We can. Uh, well, I think we'll get to it in a little bit. But like, it it's uh, interest. It's interesting. It's an interesting move, at least uh, to say the least. I mean it. I don't hate it. I get I get you're trying to build interest, yeah, but, like, I don't know. In a season that's already kind of started off with a little bit of controversy, I, maybe it's a way to build some positivity. Maybe you've got an offense that you want to be able to pay attention to the fans in the stands because we're going to be scoring so many points now. Maybe. I mean, you know, it certainly looked that way against Charlotte last week. Looked that way. The offense wasn't the problem. Yeah, redshirt junior Chase Cunningham leading the Blue Raider offense now. We, we got into it a little bit last week, me and Darius did. The departure of Bailey Hawkman from the Blue Raider program. Um, learned a little bit more about that this week, just kind of what went into that decision, what Stock still said about it, but we're moving on. We're As Bill Belichick would say, we're, we're, on to, we're not on to Cincinnati, we're on to Marshall this week. So I, right. We're, we're moving on, um, and – we're moving on with positivity. I mean, yeah, you, you came away with the loss to Charlotte, but when's the last time you saw us? I mean, taking Monmouth out of it because, well, it's no disrespect, but it's Monmouth. When, when's the last time you saw MTSU's offense look like that, Noah? Um, since the last time Chase Cunningham was in a quarterback, honestly, Valid last point. year. Valid <laughs> yeah. point. Yeah. Um, yeah, Monmouth – only known for their bench celebrations in basketball for from what like four or five years ago that's like that's the very first thing i think there, of. Are, there are worse things to be known for but yeah that's, right that's yeah when you, when that's the when that's what you're known for i th- i think you're you're doing okay as an fcs football program uh but yeah but uh an fbs against you know non-fcs opponents uh is the first time the offense has really been clicking or at least looking like this um yeah, uh, Chase was <laughs> he was pretty good. I uh, when the news broke that Hogman was uh, leaving the team uh, or stepping down, whatever you want to call it, uh, my first question was, "Hey, is is is, uh, is Chase Cunningham still on the team?" Because you know, I threw for like sixty touchdowns with him on NCAA football. He seemed pretty good. You felt a little bit better about the situation, right? Yeah, because I remember Chase Cunningham from I remember Cunningham from last year, and I was like, I I I thought he was fine. Like I thought he was pretty good. He he obviously still. I mean, it's a new offensive coordinator, and he looked really really good in it um, on Friday night. The last time he came in, I think he he came in against UTSA, right? Yeah. And uh, I mean, when you're coming in against a team that probably should be ranked on the road, and kind of relief when the game's already over. It's kind of it's kind of tough that way uh, to really show anything, I guess. But against Charlotte, he had a whole week. Well, you know, a short week technically, but he had the whole preparation window as the starter, undisputed. Right. Um, and he sure showed it. Threw for five touchdowns, no picks. 
Uh, he also provided this like running threat that Hawkman didn't really seem to have. Um, like you know, in college, most quarterbacks will at least get you five yards in a pinch, like on a third, you know, third down scramble. No one's paying attention to him type deal. But Cunningham, he ran for sixty-five yards and ran, had a twenty-seven-yard scamper. So like, I don't know. I really liked his dual threatness. Sneaky dual threatness from last year, at least. Yeah, and I, I was—I wanted to get your thoughts on it too, just because I, me and Darius touched on it a little bit last week. What would have been your move coming into the season? I, I'll tell mine in a second, but I want to get your thoughts on it. You have Hawkman coming in. This was his fourth school, but he was a four-star prospect, Florida State signee, coming out of high school. I'll—I'll mm-hmm. I'll touch on a little bit. I don't blame Stock for starting him just because you've always got that sense of we may have something here. You you know, he was a four-star for a reason coming out of high school. Florida State at at that time didn't take slouches now. They'll they'll take anybody they can get with the way they look. (laughs) But I I understand the move. Even even if Chase was a little bit better for team chemistry, everything like that, there's a certain level where talent takes over. Like you you may have the more likable guy, but you may have the guy that can just – make the play that needs to be made when it needs to be made. So I wanted to get your thoughts on it because obviously now looking looking back, I mean, it, it seems like starting Chase from the beginning would have been the right move. But I, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. What? How do, how do you think it should have been handled? Do you think it was handled correctly? And where do we go from here? Well, perceptive, perceptive talent at least right. um, holds some weight. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a tough question because – uh, I personally, I mean, I wasn't there every day watching the, uh, you know, the the practices and quarterback battles and everything. Um, I like Chase, like I said, from last year. Um, I wasn't um, freaking out, I guess, or whatever, you know, when the news broke that Hawkman was leaving the team. Um, I don't know. I think it's fair to give him a chance to have given Hawkman a chance. Uh, he's coming from NC State. I mean, there's a reason he was coming from NC State. Um, Leary beat him out. Uh, was pretty good last you know, solid enough last year. He's obviously proven it this year with the Wolfpack up there, uh, or over there, I guess. Number 23 ranked Wolfpack? Was that uh, last I saw? They are ranked 24th. Wake Forest 23, NC State 24, Clemson 23. Ahead of Clemson. Yep. Uh, Clemson should not be ranked, by the way. But, um... Yeah, I. It's tough because you know, like I said, what I didn't see the battle, but I, like I said, really like Cunningham. I think, and it was proven on Friday. He provides more of a running threat, um, and the offense just looked really open. Uh, MTSU couldn't really run the ball with the running backs coming into Friday night, um, and the running backs didn't really get it done. But it was Cunningham with his legs. Um, MTSU actually had a three-point lead in the second half of this game. Um, so it wasn't like Middle Tennessee was losing the whole game and Cunningham was forced to throw. They just couldn't really get going on the ground. And, I mean, Cunningham was dicing him up through the air too, but I don't know. I probably would have went Cunningham uh, just on an outsider's perspective. And uh, you might say, you know, you're just saying that just because, you know, he was amazing on Friday. Well... I, you fair weather fan. You. Yeah. <laughs> I again. I I really liked Cunningham last year, no, and I too. was yeah. I was coming into this season before Hawkman came in, 
with the assumption that Cunningham was going to start again and I was going to ride with Cunningham and be like, hey, you know, I really think this guy can um, can uh, can keep this team, I don't know, treading water, maybe get them to six wins, finding a way. I had a feeling that quarterback play wasn't going to be the problem um, or wasn't going to be a problem. I don't think anybody did. Yeah, you're right. Um, and it kind of turned out that it kind of was. Throwing out Virginia Tech – we you know we all know why that game is played. The UTSA game, UTSA is a good team. I think they should be ranked uh, based on performances. And my whole thing, my whole shtick with preseason polls, uh, they should be ranked and Clemson should not be, for example. Um, but, yeah, it's long answer to make it short. I probably, coming into this season, I would not have been opposed to Cunningham starting because I left last season thinking I'll ride with this guy because I th- I think he looked really good last year. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I don't think many people would. But I, I found this stat. It's interesting stat time brought to you by Zachary Lone, even <laughs> though he's not in here. He lives on in spirit. What would be your guess? Uh, and no, no computer in front of you, no phone screen, anything like that. What would be your guess how many points we're averaging through four games so far? Just we're throwing we're averaging? Mm-hmm. Uh just any number. Any number. Right. It's probably somewhere in the high 20s because it's two high-scoring games. You are correct. It, it would be 29, 29. The, the highest of the 20s. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is our opponents averaging through four games? Uh, in Tissue's opponents, it's it's very close. It's probably somewhere in the high 20s as well, maybe low 30s. 29.75. So I, I say even, that yeah. to say through four games, your opponent – hasn't been one point better than you. Now, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you can read that a wrong way. Yeah, Virginia Tech obviously is many points better than you. <laughs> Through averages, you're not getting beat by one point. I say that to say that this offense is so close to being able to take off, and I, we'll get into the defense too. We've got some <laughs> issues there. But yeah. I say that to say that you said, you know, you didn't think quarterback was going to be a problem this year. You didn't really think offense in general. I mean, you've got a new offensive coordinator. You, yeah. you don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, there's an adjustment period as there is. That's with any, not the main problem. Right. That's yeah. There's just there's an adjustment period with any coach, a- any players, any coach, anything new. It's going to take a second. So, moving forward, what position group on this team has to step up in your opinion? Because it, it looks like possibly the offense has found something now. So you're, you're sitting here at one and three. Your opponents are averaging .75 more points than you right now. It's not too late turning around this season. No. What, who has to step up? Um, you can go simple answer and say defense. Um, I don't – and you could even look at the stats, uh, individual stats from the Charlotte game and be like, oh, this secondary has to step up. Well, I look at Charlotte on the ground – they had more. They had more rushing attempts than they threw the ball. Uh, they ran it forty times. They threw it thirty-six times. I'd say the front seven, or you know, you know, in um, I don't know, just uh, blanket terms, the front seven as a general thing. But the uh, defensive linemen and linebackers, to me, are the ones that's going to have to kind of step up a little bit because Charlotte they they broke a long one for forty-four. But other than that, they ran for 220 as a team, which means they were like 
it wasn't two yards of carry, but it also they didn't break every run. It was, you know, seven, it, it, eight yards, that's which not why sets you got up beat. Right, right, which sets up Reynolds for Charlotte to throw for three thirty nine, and he made some plays with his legs outside of the pocket, throws on the run, but at the same time. Uh, for me, it's uh, obviously you'd love the secondary to you know shut down everybody, but to me, it's you got to stop the run first, then, um, you know, and then you can kind of focus on clamping down in in the secondary. Uh, for me personally, you know, not trying to give the same answers. I don't know, most everyone might, but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, Reed, you can get to Reed Blankenship in just yeah. a minute. He's uh, a tackling machine, but if he's your tackling machine, then either it's it means one of two things. It's either your second – it's either he's coming out and making more – making plays, which is, is also true, but um, – He shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to. Your defensive lineman can set up the lanes for the linebackers to run through. And, of course, some of this can be based on uh, alignment and formation. If Charlotte's coming out with four wide receivers, you're not going to come out in four linemen and three linebackers every time. Um, you're not going to come out three linemen, four linebackers if Charlotte's coming out five wide. Um, so, of course, uh, personnel and situations, uh, situational uh, kind of awareness, I guess, plays into that too. But in in general and in theory your defensive linemen set up your linebackers to make plays and it's partially Reed making plays as a linebacker but it's also he, your he's your last line right. of defense i mean he's a baller yeah right. that's what you're saying like yeah. he he is a game breaker and i mean it's it's the reason he's had nfl interest so far you know we'll see where he goes after this year what is what his career looks like but yeah, I mean that's what you're saying. It's not a knock against Reed that he's making all these tackles. Absolutely I mean, it's, not. It's just somebody should be stealing them from him, right? Like yeah, he, he shouldn't he have should all of them. Right, right. But yeah, I mean pivoting forward. Shout out. Glad you brought it up because yeah, Reed Blankenship, the program's leading tackler all time now with 345 past 344 last game. But finishing football up here. You know we got we got to do it. It's stat or it's prediction time. Yeah. What I mean, you get you got Marshall coming in this week, blackout game at home. Offense may have found something. We say all that to say, score prediction. Score prediction. Um, before we go score, before I go score, I'm gonna preface this. Marshall, their last two games have been decided by a total of five points. That Thursday night game against Appalachian State that was. Uh, that was one. It was a Thursday night game, is what it was. It was a peak Thursday night college football game. Um, it well, it wasn't peak. It was it was really high up there. It was drunk, it close, but it was it drunk, but it maction. wasn't it wasn't blackout drunk. It was the closest match, and you'll see without getting in the MAC conference. Right, exactly. Um, App State came back. They uh, they outscored them ten nothing in the fourth and won that one at home. Uh, and. Uh, Marshall lost to an East Carolina team that played South Carolina relatively close, which that's South Carolina. Not to say South Carolina is any good. They're not, but they are technically an SEC team. Um, I mean, no, you start, sorry to cut you off, but you got the schedule pulled up right here in front of you. Yeah. You know what I see? I see MTSU. I mean, I see Marshall's schedule. Yeah. Blowout game week one. Now, obviously, I think their opponent, Navy's a little bit better than Monmouth is. Right. You've got. What East Carolina by four? There's your Monmouth game, Marshall NC Central. Yeah, so they they've got 
roughly two. I mean, it's just comparable. They're both FCS teams. Like, NC Central's pretty good. It's just they've got yeah. a blowout. They've got a blowout win, and they've got close games. They're, yeah, they're MTSU, and let, except that they've pulled one of them out that we haven't. Mm-hmm. That, that comes back to there's that one point I mentioned earlier. I mean, it's it's their margin is just as small as ours. Yeah. Um, say all that to say, I really think MTSU. Um, it's I think it's going to be close again. Or at least from Marshall's point of view, it's going to be close again. Obviously, MTSU lost by three against Charlotte. Uh, I think MTSU can can get it done. Um, it's uh, I don't know. I think that offense. I think another week. What they ran against Charlotte, I was rewatching some of it this uh, this morning. Uh, it seemed pretty replicable. The only thing is, you're going to have to be able to run the ball with your running backs and. You have good running backs. Um, Talent-wise, it's... Just haven't necessarily shown it this year so far. Yeah, and looking from the box score against Charlotte, these these guys are all wide receivers. Well, they, they're at least former wide receivers. Anderson used to be a wide receiver. Um, Yasul, or Rasul used to be a wide receiver, at least in some point in their development here. Uh, you got to carry for uh, Jalen Lane. Um so I think the running backs or just running the football is going to be kind of important, but I think the what they did in the passing game is going to be pretty replicable. Uh, I'd, I'd say probably 38-35 or something like that for Middle Tennessee. MTSU win? I, th- I think so. I think um, – I just think the offense is going to be – it's going to be close. It's going to be high scoring. Um, I think the offense and they're at home this week. They have an extra day – than usual, of course. Marshall has an extra two days, but uh, I think MTSU can get it done at home. Spreads ten and a half on this game. I would have not for Middle Tennessee. No, in favor of for Marshall. Marshall. I, I would not have figured it would have been that high. Honestly. That means that means the uh, odds makers think that Marshall is thirteen points better than MTSU on a neutral field. You see what you see what I see here. It's a little. You I know, see an little... MTSU covering. I, I don't know about. <laughs> well, okay, yes. If we're gonna go that angle, I do think MTSU will cover. Um, about I ten will, and a half. Yeah, I think so. I'll just I'll leave it at that. I think they can win. Um, I don't know if they will. I was just giving a kind of a homer prediction. I'll go. Um, I'll say they will cover for sure. I'll go twenty-eight. I'll go twenty-eight twenty-four Marshall. Okay. And MT covers. Yeah. I think they cover pretty easily. It's another conference I think, game. I think 10 and a half is a little much there. Yeah, it seems on the road. Yeah, right. As Scott right. Van Pelt said, Marshall's Bros is a tricky place to it play. It is. You, you don't want to oh, come in the borough. You don't want to come in the, the borough on a blackout night. That was one of the funniest things I've ever heard. And I love Scott. And, like, it's nothing against him. But, like, that – like, I mean, yeah, that was that was funny to me. That was <laughs> – it was for the it was previewing the Duke game because you know that's the only reason they would talk about. I was at that game. I was there too. I went on that freshman run thing. I thought I saw a streak, <laughs> a, streak <laughs> a streak of fire on the field down there. I knew I saw something. Uh, actually, hey, I want to say this really quickly. Uh, we uh, one of my friends came up from uh, he goes to Huntsville, UAH down there. Not a shout out, just saying for context. Um. He came up with us, and <laughs> the rest of us obviously were all freshmen here. Um, he actually he just came on the f- came down on the field and ran with us, just like what you know what are they? 
After we just talked about how formidable the borough is, anybody we, can get on the field here and the run freshman through as a freshman. Thing. So, uh, yeah, they were all out of blackout shirts by the time we got down there. But uh, he just kind of joined in with us. Hot, and hot take: I don't think they will be this week. It's not a uh, shot at MTSU. Yeah. It's not a shot at the You're not playing there. Duke. It's yeah, just, it's just um, it's yeah, an observation. You know? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's an educated guess. And some of that, some of that, I don't want to make it sound like I'm dogging MTSU. Some of that's just college football in general, which we won't get into that because we could go forever on that. Just after COVID, you've got so many streaming options available. You've seen attendance everywhere throughout college athletics, really. Kind of sold not, out in air quotes doesn't right, mean the same not, thing that not it suffer, used to. But they're hyping up lower attendance, really. They, yeah, they're trying to. They're trying to. For example, like the nationally televised games, some of them, the Georgia Clemson game, obviously that one, I have no, I have every belief that it was every seat was had a butt in it, but right. the, so, most most them, every other uh, yeah. on-site game besides the Penn State game, I guess, uh, I don't think, like you can say you sold it every ticket, uh, but there was many bleachers. There was silver bleachers at yeah, the top. I mean, it's, shining it's, it's Neyland Stadium. You know, they say a sellout. There, there are seats by the press box up there that if you're sitting there, you, you don't see the field. So, I mean, yeah. it's, um, the, it's uh, a little bit, bit of a marketing campaign. Right. There. The Florida, the f- two Florida games are the ones that stuck out to me. Uh, just that, how do you not have every seat filled for Alabama coming to town? Right. Like, and, and not, and you're a good team. Like, that's the other side of it. Like, you can be a bad team and have Alabama come to town. I totally understand not going out there. But when you're a top 15 team and you have Alabama coming and you still can't fill it up, that says something. It says a couple things that, you know, we're not going to go into, but it's just kind of. It's across college football. Yeah. yeah. College athletics, really. But yeah, that's all I've got for football. I'll kind of pivot here. I'll let you take okay. over this a little bit. We, we've got some. Are we talking soccer today, Noah? We will we talk, talk. We will talk. We got some soccer well, talk. Shout out to you first before you get going on this. I mean, broadcaster. Oh yeah, that's the color, goal. Color commentator. Uh, yeah, I was able to do two games a couple weeks ago. Uh, one is the play-by-play, uh, Rocky start. Um, kind of, you know, uh, kind of fixed it at the end a little bit. Got some other things to work on, but. Uh, color did color for the next game against FIU, the first conference game that MTSU obviously won in double overtime, as they call it in college. I don't like that. Uh, they won in the second half of extra time, in my personal opinion. That's the way it should be called. Um, on a really weird free kick, but uh, yeah, that that's what uh, that's what I have been doing in a booth, I guess, which it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So that's why I want to get I want to get your thoughts. I want to get your breakdown. You're much more of a soccer fan than I am. I'm more of a recreational soccer fan. You know, <laughs> you played love, when you were six. Love watching the World Cup when yep. it comes around. You know, so I can chant USA with everyone else. But that's that's about the extent of my soccer knowledge. Yep. That that and just playing FIFA. Yeah. Much. That's that's about. I it. play a lot so of FIFA. Yeah. I'll let you go on this on what happened over the weekend. Okay. Uh. So. We're going to back up a little bit. They played Old Dominion at home over the weekend. Uh, they Before this, I will – here, let me pull it up really quickly just to make sure that I don't get this wrong. This, get this wrong. Um, 
MTSU, they played uh, at Western Kentucky uh, last weekend. Hilltoppers. Uh, sorry, the weekend before the uh, Old Dominion game. Uh, so they had a whole week here. Let me get this schedule here pulled up. They are playing at FIU on Friday night, uh, October 1st. Uh, the fourth game in conference. Uh, MTSU, they started before conference play. They went to Vanderbilt and won. Um, before I get going, I'm assuming last episode y'all didn't talk. Did y'all talk any soccer last episode? We at all? did not. We were football heavy. Okay, so kind of getting our feet underneath us. Going back to September 12th, they played Vanderbilt on the road and won the reigning SEC uh, conference cha- or tournament champions from last year. Of course, Vanderbilt lost some people, most notably Sarah Fuller went to North Texas, who is in the Conference USA, obviously. Uh, but Vanderbilt still very good in the SEC. They went on the road and and won from two by uh, with two goals from their star forward Peyton DePriest, who is a super senior. She is the all-time leading goal scorer in uh, Conference USA history. Or yes, and um, they followed that up with that uh, aforementioned double overtime win against FIU. Since then, they've they won that three to two. Since then, they've lost to West at Western Kentucky, which is not um, something to freak out about per se. But then you come on, come at home, come back home, where they've actually been really good this season, and you lose two 0 to Old Dominion. Um, that's the first time that the uh, women's soccer team has been shut out this season. Um, it's not something you usually see from this team. They're very good in attack. They love, they control the midfield with uh, Sam uh, Debian is her name. Um, DePriest will kind of drop back into the midfield every now and then uh, to kind of link play up and kind of be a that bridge from the midfield to the uh, the forwards or the attack. Um, Kristen Luque has been a, at least before the Old Dominion game, she had been a kind of a revelation for this team. She could play more as that forward, that number nine, that pure striker, and DePriest could kind of drop off and kind of create because she's very um, she's very creative setting other people up as well as being the proficient goal scorer that she is. So saying all that, going into Friday night to play at FAU, they, uh, they've lost two in a row. Not exactly the best form to be going into a your third conference game when you play eight to get seeded for, like, the conference tournament. It's important to get a result, especially at home, every single time you step on the field in conference play. The uh, How about their opponent, FAU? How would you think that MTSU is going to do? Well, the Lady Owls have opened up conference play with a win against the aforementioned North Texas, Mean Green, and then they have drawn back-to-back games going into Friday night. Um... They're on better form than MTSU is. They, uh, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be tough going down to Florida. Uh, you're playing at seven o'clock local time. When you've just been shut out, I expect this team to come out firing a little bit more than they did against Old Dominion. A little bit more energy, uh, but there have been signs of of struggle, and. It's not a, the best time to be to have lost two in a row in conference play, 
because every game's so important. Got a question. Do the Lady Owls, do they run kind of a Lane Kiffin offense down there? Is it a, is it a run and gun, <laughs> run and gun. shooting down the field? Just hoofing it deep. Well, I don't. I haven't watched uh, any film on FAU, uh, so unfortunately. So probably not. Are you, are you probably they haven't scored forty nine points a game or forty nine right. goals. Right. So I'd say they're a little. They tone it down a little bit more than Lane Kiffin. Lane's been did. an old Miss for too long. He's he's been down. At the it's it ha- yeah. The FAU's lost all of Lane's magic. I think. Uh, yeah, Boca Raton was a great place for him. Lane makes anywhere a great place for yeah. him. He's, he just molds right in. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's tough. You play at FAU, then you play at Charlotte. You have two straight away matches. Luckily, you have a week between them, or it's a week. Uh, you play the first and the eighth, so that's obviously a week. Friday night, two road trips. That's not going to be easy, but you don't have to play on the weekend. You don't have to play two games in what, like three days? Not going cross country either. I mean, Charlotte's not the yeah it's, track, and Boca Raton. I mean, there's many worse places to go play. Yeah, unfortunately, it is a bus ride. Uh, so that's so it is a little. Every away game is is a little bit more. Uh, You've knocked down my intrigue just a hair by telling me it would be a bus ride, but yeah, Boca Raton still. Yeah. Um, and then they follow those two road games up with two home games, which is that those are when you can get your legs back under you. And if when you're in this eight game conference play type deal to get seated for a conference tournament, you're the best way to go about this is win your home games and don't lose your away games. Well, they've lost a home game and they've lost an away game. You can't you can't lose at home. You can draw at home. That's okay. That's not the end of the world. But you can't be losing at home if you're not going to follow that up with away wins, which they have the chance to do in the next two weeks. So we'll see how this team responds. I really, th- I think they're good enough to respond and uh, make the conference tournament and kind of make some noise in the conference tournament. They're just going to have to turn around this poor form, stretch a poor form all of a sudden, um, and start going back at these teams. Uh in that free-flowing, attacking manner that we've seen uh, in the past this season. Uh, that's all I got for for soccer. I really, I, like I said, really think, really like the rest of the season for them. I really think they can make some noise in Conference USA. Just got to control at home. Which I mean, yeah. Is there a sport where you're successful that you 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 can't do that? I mean, it's kind of. It's really hard to f- not be good at home and still be good. Right. Yeah. It's across the board. Yeah. It's not a. It's not solely applicable for soccer, so yeah, you're right. Do you have any any wrapping up here? But do you have any volleyball notes? Any any quick things about that? Uh, yeah, there's some volleyball stuff to touch on really quickly. They uh, started conference play two and zero. They won both of their games or matches against Char- uh, Charlotte at home this weekend. Our good friend and broadcasting partner that I called. Uh, the FIU game with Spencer Thompson. He was on the call for both of those games, and MTSU uh, won both of those. Or sorry, matches. I gotta get the, through my head. Won both those matches. First one three sets to one. The second one they won in the fifth set. Um, so a bit more competitive. But in volleyball, they play back to back. So you go Friday night and then Saturday night. Um, and uh, or for at least these conference these uh, conference matchups. For out of conference, like you see here on the schedule, you uh, 
you play North Alabama, you just play one time. It's not that big a deal. It's for, like baseball, kind of. The majority yeah. is on the weekend, and you've got a midweek game. Right, and it's just one. It's not a series. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good uh, comparison. So, uh, Western Kentucky, they do have to play Western Kentucky, which in women's volleyball is the standard, the gold standard in Conference USA. This, they have been uh, annually dominant in this sport. They make the NCAA tournament just about every year. Did um, they play UK last year in the tournament? I'm not sure. I know Kentucky won the national championship. I'm not sure if they played. I feel like I remember cutting highlights for that. For that they did Blue play Red extra point. Yeah, shameless, I would not be surprised. I would not be right. See how I did that? <laughs> yeah, that was really smooth. That was really good. Uh, I would not be surprised if they did play Kentucky. I think I think they did, but I could be wrong on that. But uh, yeah, I don't know how that would have how that went. Was it in the tournament? Maybe, possibly. Maybe they just played them. I could be dreaming. You know? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? We can look that up. But. Uh, Zachary Lone, if you're listening to this, you got my phone number. <laughs> Let us know, please. Uh, no. Yeah, so Marshall, uh, that's who they are playing this week. Uh, this weekend, I should say. They play October 1st, Friday night, and then they play on Saturday afternoon in Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, it's another big – all the matches against, uh, against non-Western Kentucky teams are pretty important. You don't want to end up on Western Kentucky's side in the conference tournament – you just got to assume that the one seed is locked up to the Hilltoppers. That's just how it goes in women's volleyball in Conference USA most of the time. So if you are uh, Middle Tennessee, you want that second or third seed in the conference tournament. That way you know you don't have to – you're not on WKU's side of the bracket. Um, and, you know, it would just kind of make your path easier um, – you know, through the tournament, I guess. So, Middle Tennessee, they you want to you want to win as many of these non WKU games as you can, or matches that you can, and then hope to split the I guess mini or I guess the series in air Just quotes. You know, the cream of the crop's waiting. Right, you, they be- are the gold standard until somebody knocks them off. Or what, proves otherwise. What a pull by me last year, April eighteenth against number two Kentucky. That, that was their yeah, that was their only loss of the season in the they regular were, season. They were, I believe, that was ter- that was April. That had to be close to tournament time. But yeah, they were undefeated coming into that. It wow, had, had to be tournament. That was their loss, last loss of the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a pull. Yeah. Volleyball. How how close was it? Was it? It was 03. Oh, they got got swept. Well, Kentucky won the national championship. I hate saying that twice in the same podcast, but, um, you know. So, yeah, volleyball. Uh, Real quick, Marshall uh, preview thing. Marshall's 4 11. Or MTSU. We'll go back. MTSU, they're 4 4 overall, and that's only because they've had two or three preseason, or not preseason, but uh, out of conference tournaments canceled due to COVID. The one here, the one in Florida, and there's another one I think in Alabama, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that were both uh, canceled. So they haven't played very much, but they did start conference play, which is the main season, I guess, in air quotes, that you want to focus on uh, if you are on the team. Uh, you want to do your best in conference play, and they started out 2-0. Marshall is 4-11 and on the year. There, uh, they uh, played Western Kentucky in 
Bowling Green on uh, to open CUSA. So, so it's it's not really can't, you can't really get a read on uh, on Marshall just from that because if you get swept on in both matches against West Kentucky, that's you know it's not really surprising uh, given how good this uh, WKU team is year in and year out. Um, they played a top five team in Pittsburgh. They got swept as well, or I don't I don't know if that's the correct terminology. They lost three sets to zero. Um, Sounds like a sweep to me. Yeah, I won't dispute it. Right. Okay. Yeah, um, they played some good teams uh, in this sport, but uh, yeah, they it's tough to get a read on them. They've had a good out of conference schedule or non-conference schedule, I think, is the more correct terminology. So I think this weekend will be interesting for Middle Tennessee. Uh, you obviously hope you can they can pull it out, but um, I think when you're on the road, if you can get a split, if Marshall is a good team, which I'd, I'm not sure. The record wouldn't say so, but they've played really good opponents. Um, if you can at least get a split, win one of the two matches, then I think you'd be happy with your uh, road travels, per se. Of course, you'd love to win both, but if you can't win both, you'd love to get, yeah, at least get one. That was talking volleyball. That was talking volleyball. I love hearing the breakdown when I don't don't know as much about those sports. I mean, I... More vol. I'm probably more of a volleyball fan than soccer. It's just really. Just it's never, it's very exciting. I've just never gotten into soccer. Last uh, last volleyball thing. Might talk about this on the next couple episodes, but uh, in case anyone forgets, uh, ESPN Plus. I'm pretty sure is doing the FAU matches. Will uh, Noah Maddox make an appearance? I won't be, unfortunately. Oh, uh, Spencer's going to be on the call again, and they have a really good, a really good color commentator uh, doing that with him. A former volleyball player, she uh, uh, really knows her, really knows her stuff. So, um, actually, sorry, it might be the FIU. I think I scrolled down too far. It might be the FIU. I'm not quite sure. October eighth and ninth. Yeah, those are the next home ones. So I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me on those. So you might tune in either way. Yeah, tune into both of them. Just look it up, or or just go. Yeah, just go there. There, you know, just go. And watch them. They're pretty good. It's a young, uh, it was a youngish team, uh, and they're kind of. You started off the right way at home, in conference play. So that that's volleyball. Fans are back too. Fans yeah. are back everywhere. Yeah, Thank, love to, thankfully, love to see it. Right, exactly. Well, that's been episode two. Shout out Noah Maddox for joining in this week, filling in for Darius White. Hope to have him back next week. Hopefully, get an appearance from Robert Driver as well. Um. You can catch this podcast. We I know I edited it, uploaded it last night on Anchor. That distributes out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Yeah. Do you have a note? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to shameless plug yeah, something real quick. Um, I would, again, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'd love to come back whenever, obviously, if you need it. Recurring guests? Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with that little tag next to my name. That's fine with me. Um, but, uh, yeah, the uh, – Middle Tennessee news website. I've written a couple articles there. Um, and check out the uh, the Lone Army podcast. Uh, we we talk soccer and uh, on there local local. So focused on Nashville SC. Um, they actually play tonight. So 
uh, or tonight as of this recording is Wednesday night. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for having me. No problem. Um, as I was saying, you can get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Honestly, we don't we don't <laughs> care either way. I'm more of an Apple podcast. I'm more Apple just in general. Never liked I like it. I like Spotify. It, it's okay. Spotify's I've just never gotten good. used to it. But that's fair. Yeah. You know, it's just what you're used to. Right. I exactly. I don't like change. So hey, that's fair. That's been episode two. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week.